Hello, Simon Trevor Ennis. Hello, Devin Wilkins. And hello, everybody out there. Yes, welcome to Insight Peterborough for Victoria Day. Happy Victoria Day. Yeah. Queen's birthday and all of that sort of good stuff. Hey, it's a it's a day off. Well, yes, that's true. That <laughs> is true. Yes. I was going to say that, too, and that is true, and that's how it came out. Speaking of Victoria Day, uh, when I woke up this morning, I heard a song on uh, CBC Radio by Melissa McClellan, and it's called Victoria Day. So let's start with that. You wouldn't know it, but I got what I deserve.
Gloria Day by Melissa McClellan. Wonderful. Well, that's a, a good way to start the program off. And now we're going to switch subjects completely because on May 26th, we're going to have the annual Pet Value Walk for Dog Guides. And here to talk with us about it is the chair of the organizing committee. I never know whether to say chair, chairman, chairperson, chairwoman, but anyway, of the organizing committee, Margaret Entwistle. Hi, Margaret. Hi, Devin. Hi, Simon. Just say person on the committee. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there are a few of us on the committee, but... uh, Anyway, uh, how did you get, uh, of course, I guess we we should uh, explain for those who don't know, um, there is a facility in Oakville called uh, the Lions Foundation of Canada uh, Guide Dog. Dog Dog Guides. Dog Guide, Dog Guide. (laughs) Dog Guides, yeah. Training Center. (laughs) And um, tell us a little bit about that and how you got involved with it. Okay. Well, that was started 35-plus years ago. I don't, can't remember the exact. It's around 37, 38 years ago. By all the Lions Clubs across Canada, they got together and they decided that they wanted to do something, one sort of one big service project, because that's what the Lions Clubs do. They're a service uh, club in communities. And they started this national school for dog guides. And this foundation the Lions Foundation of Canada Dog Guides does not receive any government funding of any sort it relies on private individual donations donations from corporations um, donations in kind of food and everything and that's how Pet Value got involved they now they've been sponsoring the walk for and the Lions Foundation of Canada Dog Guides for two years now they provide all the dog food for all the dogs that are out in foster families or puppy raisers and they provide all the food for all the dogs that are in training either at downtown in Oakville or out at Brejla, and that's about 250-plus dogs. I got involved back in 2006, my daughter and I. She saw something on TV, on an ad on the news or something, or not an ad, I guess, it's just a blurb on the news about the foundation. And a couple years later, it was actually on her 16th birthday, we were down in Oakville for an open house and to see about the dogs, and... That's how it all began, and we fostered from, or puppy raised from 2006 up to 2010 or 2011, and we thought we were taking a short sabbatical, but it's turned into a little longer (laughs) sabbatical than planned, but we will get back to it one day because I ended up with a house full of dogs, Um, puppies that grew up, and we fostered four, I had three, um, four or five, I can't remember now, yeah, four. Couldn't let them go? Yeah. No. Yes. No. The, uh, everything. Every, every. They all graduated into either either canine vision or seizure response, except one. So we adopted him. One took early retirement. We adopted him, and then we adopted um, Abbott's half sister when she needed a home. Abbott was disqualified for health reasons, and you know you get busy with life. And I had some other responsibilities come up. And I, when they were puppies, I called up. I just called up down to the Lions Club down uh, the Peterborough Lions Club and said, hey, I've got puppies, foster puppies. Do you want us to join in in any of the parades? My husband thought I was a goofy. He says, they're going to think you're crazy. And I that's how I got along into the Lions Club. And then I joined about five or six years ago. I can't remember how long ago I joined the Peterborough Lions Club. And that's how it all began. All right. Now, you talked about uh, dogs for people who are blind and um, seizure response dogs for people 
who have epilepsy, what other kinds of dogs do they train? Um, we have hearing dog guides for people um, that have a, a loss of hearing. We also have what are called service dog guides, and they are for people in wheelchairs or some sort of physical disability. Diabetic alert dog guides for pe people that are hypoglycemic type 1. And autism assistance dog guides for kids and older um, young adults. And we have a new program that just came out a while ago, I believe about a year and a half ago, called Support Do Dog Guides. And they don't go to an ind individual like these other programs go. They go to an organization that works with people, for example, if they're giving testimony at a court case and they, or that type of thing, and they feel that this, they take the dog along to help put them at, at ease mm -hmm. in some tense situations. Yeah. So now there's seven programs. That sounds good. Wonder if they'll ever do uh, uh, train dogs for people with um, post-traumatic stress disorder. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know. I know mm -hmm. there are other venues for that, other schools and, and mm. trainers that do that. Okay. I, I wonder if the dogs that uh, that retire. I mean, they might be really good for that, wouldn't they? They're they're, they're obedient. They're not going to get up to any trouble and. They're good companions? Yeah. Dogs retire for various reasons. Um, they might have a health reason. In the case of one of the dogs, our first foster dog that we raised, he went on to work um, for only three months. And he retired early, so he had some issues, so he came back to us. We had first choice to adopt him. Other dogs retire because of health reasons. Mm -hmm. um, or they're older, and they're just saying, you know what, they've got arthritis, or it's just time for them to call it quits type of thing. As, as far as the foundation goes, they also keep a list of people on that are interested in um, adopting retired dogs or career change dogs or dogs that are disqualified because of health or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Career change. I like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's better than saying I flunked out of puppy <laughs> school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right on. So now the walk, um, that uh, is on Sunday the 26th uh, yep, in that's the coming afternoon, up. and that also coincides with the uh, beginning of National Accessibility Week, doesn't it? Yes, it does. The same day we're partnering again, we did it last year and it worked out really well, um, and we they had their opening ceremonies for National Accessibility Week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's, that's what's going to be taking place again this year, right? right? So that'll be around what time and where? Well, we start registration at 12 o'clock for anyone that wants to show up. They can register for the walk or just come on down. We're going to be having a barbecue, a silent auction, and some other things. If you're not interested in walking, if you are interested in walking, you don't have to have a dog with you. And then we'll be having some other things going on. Karen Kearney from Canine um, in Motion Wellness will be having a dog agility course. <laughs> and then the National Accessibility opening ceremonies begin somewhere between 1230 and 1245 and whatever else they have planned for that and then we'll follow up with the walk starting at one now if somebody wanted to register to walk and actually raise money for the pet value walk for dog guides uh, where would they go to do that or how would they do that they can do that online at the website walkfordogguides.com www.walkfordogguides.com find the location of the walk and you can sign up that way you can also um, pick up pledge forms 
uh, at all the pet stores, the veterinarians, and different places around town uh, to start collecting pledges. Or you can just show up that day um, and register with your money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh you, can, oh, you can also print off the pledge forms off the website as well. Yeah. I just Googled it, and it was the very first thing that came up. Walk for Dog Guides, Peterborough. Oh, right. There it is right there. Great. Right at the top. <laughs> right at the top. Great. So um, that's uh, either with a pooch or without a pooch. Yep. And if you, well, I was going to say, if you have a cat, if this, most of the cats don't walk. <laughs> oh, my God. Get all the dogs excited. <laughs> well, we have a new cat in our house, and she walks about 50 feet and then stops. <laughs> but what else about the opening ceremonies? Maybe Simon can tell us a little bit about that. Well, yeah, my understanding is it's going to take place at 12.30, and we're going to keep it under 15 minutes, keep it brief. There'll be a a special speaker, and then then we'll just describe what's going to be taking place during the week, and uh, it'll be be brief. Great. Now, also during the week, um, Wendy from the Pet Value on George Street, she's a groomer there, will be doing nail trims at the walk. Oh, no, that's at the walk. She'll be doing free nail trims at the walk. And as well, one of the days during National Accessibility Week is a pet spa day. Thursday. Oh, yeah. Thursday? Thursday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you got a spot there, Devin? Uh, I'm, I'm working on it. Yeah, so, <laughs> yes. you can, so you can get involved by calling Wendy. If anybody out there wants to uh, participate on the May 30th uh, Guide Spa Day, Guide Pet Spa Day, uh, 705-868-3960. Wendy. All right. Great. Sounds good. And um, you were mentioning the uh, silent auction. Uh, of course, if anyone has um, either articles that they would like to donate for the silent auction or um, stuff that could go into the goodie bags. Oh, right. Our goodie bags, out, yes. Um, how can they, who can they contact? They, we all, we have a website, Peterborough Walk, I mean, uh, email, sorry, my mind is, Peterborough Walk for Dog Guides at gmail.com, or they can also give a call um, to the, the Lions Center, which is 740-2288, and leave a message there to get a hold of one of us. Um, I'd like to mention, too, Pet Value is our major sponsor, as I mentioned, but Sandy and Craig up at the Pet Value. Pet Value on George Street. That's where Wendy works as a groomer. And they also have the Pet Value in Brookdale Plaza. Every um, every April, every year, Pet Value across Canada has a pet appreciation month, and they collect money for different charities. And this year, Craig and Sandy collected money for dog guides, and they collected $1,602 by all the people that came into hmm. any Pet Value um, store and donated. So I'd like to thank them for doing that, and thank you for the people for donating. That's that's a good chunk of money for sure. And Aaron, oh, who has the Pet Value Outlands Down Street West by the Canadian Tire, he participates and sponsors the uh, Dog Days of Summer that's on June 15th, 15th yeah. yeah, from 10 to 4, also at the Lions Club, and that's put on by Canine in Motion Wellness, Karen Kearney, and she, this is the third annual one for that. So we have a lot of great pet stores and people that do support us. Ted out at Pet Supply Warehouse also donates um, items for us for our goodie bags, The P- and we've got great uh, auction items, Canadian Tire, Chapters, Shoreline Casinos, four dinner, any choice of any dinner buffets. Jeff Purvey's, 
um, Chasing the Cheese on Sh Charlotte Street. We've got bowling tickets, um, $60 value there out of the bowling uh, on Brookdale. Um, and the UK shop, and there's probably some more that I can't remember. <laughs> Natural Balance Dog Food always has been a great donator. They oh, yeah. donate treats for our goodie bags. It was great last year, for sure. The auction was, there was a lot of great stuff on the table. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We get a good selection every year. And I don't like, we don't like to go back to the same people all the time. But Brian down at Jeff Purvey's always wants to participate. Um, and there are some people that do want to participate every year. So we make note of that and thank them of course, for sure. It's great to have the, the support of those organizations. That's eh? right. That's right. Dog guides can co cost. They used to be 25000 Now it's closer to $30,000 yeah. just to train one dog guide. And these are dogs are given out free to Canadians across Canada. And lions... Or at no cost. At, at, oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah at no yeah. cost. <laughs> at no cost to Canadians. And Lions Clubs, too, will sponsor someone in their community that, that if they need a dog, they will help cover the cost of travel so that, you know, not... Um, because some people can afford to travel from across Canada to uh, Oakville, and some can't. And, uh, you know, the expenses get up there quite a bit. Well, they sure mm -hmm. do. Flights are uh, always increasing in price, that's, that's right. for sure. Yeah. I've yet to see one decrease. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially with the price of gas for cars. <clears throat> that's for I can sure. imagine what the price is for airlines. Yeah, it might make sense to plug the uh, Accessibility Awareness uh, Week Champion Awards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really oh, important. Oh, right, it's yeah. It's really important idea. to recognize the support that you get. And, That's right. And those those champions out there that are that are going above and beyond and trying to make their their businesses more accessible. It's great to to have the support. So That's we, right. Who were they last year? I'm going to put you on the spot. So last year was Camp Kawartha. It was, uh, I believe, Peterborough Axe Throwing. And oh, then, right. And then the third one was. Uh, oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, well, that's well, my we, bad. <laughs> that's fine. We can check while we're playing yeah. a song, and we can let you know right afterwards. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But this year, there's going to be four categories, because it was nice that we had uh, so many submissions last year, but it was hard to pick just one. So now we want categories, uh, different categories of businesses to get recognized. So re uh, restaurant, retail, recreation, and then everybody else in the other category. So if oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, if there's if there's a business out there that's that's doing a great job for accessibility, uh, nominate them for for an accessibility champion award. And there's only a couple days left. Uh, the, the submissions are due on the 22nd. So so get uh, get them in there. And you can find these on the PCPD website, uh, PCPD.ca, and National Accessibility Week 2019. So. PCPD standing for Peterborough Council for Persons with Disabilities. So pcpd.ca. Right. Yes? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Sorry okay. to jump in there. but No, no, no. I'm glad you did because I keep forgetting what order did those letters go in when I'm Googling and <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to find the website. Oh, i got to Google National Accessibility Week and then I'll get it. <laughs> yeah. 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 So uh, just to kind of uh, recap, the um, walk uh, for dog guides, Pet Value Walk for Dog Guides. This Sunday, May 26th? No, not this Sunday. <laughs> Next Sunday. The oh, oh, yeah, the this 26th. Yeah, 26th. this coming oh, Sunday. A week yesterday. Yeah. Today's my... Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> the long weekend's throwing you off. Yeah, it's throwing you off. Well, and then when I, when I had to go down to Ottawa on a Monday and come back the Tuesday, that really threw my <laughs> week off. <laughs> It's going to take you a while I? to get back. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So this yeah. Sunday at 12 o'clock, um, come down to Burnham Street there, Riverside, Riverside. Is it Riverside Ball Diamond there? I think I the Lion Center. Yeah, the Lion yeah. Center. 347 Burnham. Yep, 347 Burnham. Yeah. And it's uh, put on by the 
the, the Peterborough Lions Club, the East Peterborough Lions Club, Peterborough Lioness Club, and the Shemong Lake Lions Club. And we'd be glad to see you all and join in and have some fun. We would. Okay. And, and, the, and there's a showcase of things there, too, to interact with. And right, and right, stuff, yeah, so. like the, the little dog agility um, course going on. There'll be pools for the dogs to have a little swim, cool down. Hopefully it's not as hot as other years. I don't, so far, touch wood, the forecast hasn't been for very hot weather, so hopefully oh, it's a nice good. walking. Well, yeah. there's a river and a beautiful park oh. so, and some shade. <laughs> yeah, and doggy pools, though, in the park, of a course. barbecue, yeah. and we have some special cool treats for the pups yeah. oh, yes, after the walk. <laughs> you know, delicious. you've heard of pupsicles. Uh, yeah, pupsicles. Yeah. Yeah. Those were a hit last year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we look forward to seeing all of you out there. Margaret, thank you very much. Was there anything else that you wanted to mention? No, I think we got everything. Thank All you right. both for having me. Yeah, All it's right. great to have you. Thanks for your, uh, you know, being able to pair up and mm. uh, and do the opening ceremonies at the Walk for Dog Guys. Well, it's thank you fitting. for no. Well, thank you for coming to us last year. It's turned out really, really well. So come on, people, come on down next Sunday, twelve o'clock. We want to see you down there. If you don't walk. If you don't want to take the walk, just come on down and, and join in some of the fun and see what it's all about. Right on. And the uh, Peterborough Amateur Radio Club will be there to uh, make sure that everybody's safe to provide communications. That's right. That's right. I would like to mention, too, we also have people out on the trail um, from the Shemong Lions Club monitoring the tra trail with water stations for the dogs and the people and to help shuttle anybody back if they decide that it gets too hot or something happens and it has happened it has happened yeah. yep some yeah. dogs have gotten just too hot on some of those hot summer days and then we've gone and picked up the dog and the people yeah. the person along with the dog mm -hmm. or sometimes just yeah. the dog yeah yeah that's a good idea so thanks again uh margaret well thank and, you uh, uh all the best of uh luck uh for uh the uh, uh pet value walk for dog guides and for national accessibility week well, and thank you. we have uh, a song, a kind of an appropriate song, don't we? Is it Friends uh, of the Fiddler's Green? Yeah. The and dogs. it's called... The Dogs. The Dogs. I want you to hang on to everyone. This was, this was uh, set to a tune by all of us one night at a and John drunken party and in, Barnes, oh, in Buffalo, <laughs> of all places. John Roberts, Tony Barnum and all of us. <laughs> uh, after we drew lots, there was a banjo player we didn't like called Eli, and we drew lots as to who was going to hit him. And John Roberts won, and then we wrote this. Actually, we've been crediting this to, to Eli ever since. <laughs> yeah, we, we, Eli's a nice guy. The dogs, they held a meeting. They came from near and far. And some came in by taxi, and some came in by car. They went into the meeting house and signed the visitor's Each one. And each one. And each one. And each one. And each one.
Each one snips the each one snips the each one snips the each one snips the others us hope in hope cities There you go. Friends of the Fiddler's Green with uh, the dogs. The dogs. Yes. Um, the other thing that we kind of wanted to focus a little bit of, of attention on is uh, vacations. Mm-hmm. And there is a holiday center up uh, between Matir and Perry Sound in the Muskokas on <clears throat> beautiful Lake Joseph. And you may remember that we did a, an interview in January with Eugene Chong, who is the current director of, uh, of the uh, uh, vacation center. Uh, but uh, now um, it's really, really time to send in applications if you want to spend a week or so up there. So we thought that we would repeat the interview and to kind of set the mood, we thought we'd play a song by Fred Penner off a, a CD that you can get at the uh, Canoe Museum. <laughs> uh, it's called uh, Canoe Songs Volume 1. And the song is... Land of the Silver Birch. And I remember this song from when I was a kid. We used to have it on a cassette, and my, my parents would play it, and we would all sing along. This is a good one. I remember it from Girl Guides. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I was in Scouts, <laughs> yeah. so something so, similar. So we'll play this, and then we'll just go right into the interview. Okay, here we go. Dip, dip, and swing her back, flashing with silver, 
Eugene, how are you? And I'm still not. Oh, there you are. Are you? Uh, Hi. Are you hearing us? Okay. Yes, I am. Thank you for having me on the show. All right. Thanks for being with us. So, tell us a little bit about uh, how the how Lake Joseph Holiday is that what you call it, Lake Joseph Holiday Center? No, it hasn't been called Lake Joseph Holiday Center in quite some time. Okay. Uh, it's right now. It's referred to as Lake Joseph Center, but more affectionately, people know it as Lake Joe. Yeah, that's right. Yes. So, when, uh, how did it come to be, and uh, tell us the history of it? Oh yeah. So Lake Joe's been around for quite some time. Uh, the site here, the facility here, has been uh, was established in 1961. <coughs> And it was a sort of joint effort between the Canadian Council for the Blind, the Lions Club of Canada, as well as uh, CNIB. Um, there was a demand for programming for the blind and partially sighted community, uh, especially in the area of recreation. And so that this center, since 61, has been providing those recreational opportunities uh, for the blind and partially sighted community. Uh, a lot of what we do is not only just recreation, but we also look at uh, incorporating, you know, some vision rehabilitation within sort of the context of having sort of, uh, these um, leisurely activities that are offered uh, in the summer, such as canoeing, sailing, kayaking, cycling, uh, archery. There's just so much to do, and uh, we're, we're pleased to be able to offer that service uh, to the community. So can people come at any time, or do you have weeks that are sort of designated for certain groups of people? Uh, we're hoping to one day become a facility that operates year-round. Uh, we're, we're working on a capital campaign right now to make that a reality. It's the last piece of the puzzle to make this facility uh, a four-season sort of facility. Wow. Uh, right now, we actually only operate uh, between the months of May through October. Um, so it is an extended season compared to just a summer program, uh, but the primary, like primarily, the main sort of core of what we do is in the months of Jan uh, July and August. Um, but we have expanded a lot of programming into June, May, as and as well as in uh, September and October. Uh, one of the more exciting programs that we're offering, uh, we're doing a spring adult adventure program. And it's going to start here at our facility, and then the group will be taken into Algonquin Park to do a multi-day sort of canoe ca uh, camping trip. Wow. And then it's going to be wrapped up with a whitewater adventure on um, 
on the Ottawa River. So, it's you know, we're really sort of expanding the scope of our programs even beyond the borders of just our facility. Um, we have a beautiful 12-and-a-half-acre property here on the shore, uh, north west shore of Lake Joseph in Muskoka, but uh, there's so many opportunities that exist within the area that we're really leveraging, uh, you know, the opportunities that exist in the communities and and the landscape around us uh, for opportunities for our guests. And uh, you can uh, see uh, the the center from the highway, can't you? Yes, there's not as much traffic as there used to be years ago when 69 was sort of the main route to go north. Um, Because now 400, there's a 400 that just keeps going um, beyond us. But yeah, you can still see it from Highway 69. It's a popular drive for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. It's just less busy than 400. And yeah, you can see us right from the road. And you're south of Perry Sound, right? Yes, we're about 25, 30 minutes south of Perry Sound. Mm-hmm. So close enough that we're, uh, you know, we have access to uh, certain amenities, but uh, far enough away that we're still pretty, you know, secluded and have a beautiful, quiet spot on the lake here. Yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. And now, do you have certain weeks uh, that are designated, say, for, for kids or families, or how does that work? Yeah, so our season's broken up. We have three primary sort of focused groups that uh, utilize our facility. We have our family programs, and uh, we have people in our family programs that are, you know, we last year we had a six-week-old. I think that was the youngest guest mm-hmm. we had last year. And uh, they come, um, any member of the family is a client, so um, it could be the parent. A, a parent or a guardian who's a client or the children and there's programming for both adults and and youth and children during the family program weeks uh, then we have our youth focus programs and we've really expanded those opportunities here at lake joe for the youth um, the programs primarily focus on youth who are between the ages of 8 and 18. Uh, we've expanded opportunities for them, not only in just providing them with the sort of quote-unquote general summer camp experience, but providing them opportunities like specialized sports um, training or opportunities through our Camp Abilities program where they work with performance coaches. Uh, we offer other sort of introductory to uh, sports and uh, active lifestyles through our play program, which is pushing limits for active youth. And then we've increased uh, leadership opportunities for our youth so they're really able to sort of develop skills that are um, not only camp skills but uh, life skills and uh, in our sort of we have a LIT program which is our leaders in training we have a sort of job skill development program called our counselor in training program which is new this year it's for individuals who sort of grew up in our camp but want to take that next step and become perhaps a staff member here at Lake Joe and that program sort of geared and catered to those individuals to help them develop those job skills so they'd be successful staff members of Lake Joe. And then we have a youth leadership development program that really actually this year is being launched uh, here at Lake Joe and it, 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 it brings youth from across the country uh, to our facility to develop uh, not only leadership skills but also uh, potentially job skills, especially in the areas of communication, self-awareness, and other sort of skills that will benefit them in the world of work. Um, and then we have our adult programs, which have always been a high highlight in our schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, last year, I think our uh, 
the eldest guest we had was celebrating her 97th year. Cool. So, yeah, so from six-week-olds to 97-year-olds, <laughs> we have programs virtually for every age range and ability here at Lake Joe. Yeah, terrific. Uh, now, when I came, which was a number of years ago, um, there was an open boardwalk and there were cabins uh, with just rooms and a washroom, I think, at either... Oh, no, there was a washroom at one end and a screen porch at the other end of the cabins. But I understand that uh, you've done a lot of uh, construction and renovation since then. Yes. Uh, so our site, we're proud to, you know, sort of proud of our site being a fully accessible facility. We still have the boardwalk that connects the majority of our camp and all the, the sort of building structures together. So it allows people to navigate our site with relative ease. Uh, there are no steps in any part of our facility, so it is fully accessible for those who have mobility issues or concerns. Um, with regard to the cabins itself, yeah, we have newer cabins. Um, the rooms that are within the cabins have their own ensuite. So uh, our guests, it's mainly two to a room, so it's two single beds. They are matching nightstands as well as sort of a shelving or a dresser area so that people can put their items away. And then it's attached to a full sort of full ensuite, which includes a shower, uh, a toilet, and a sink. And... Um, it's the people, the occupants in the room that have access to that ensuite. So there isn't a communal washroom anymore or bathroom anymore. Uh, each room has its own uh, washroom. And uh, while people are here, uh, we do linen service as well. So, you know, the bed linens, covers, they're all provided for you. Um, of course, if people want to bring their own sort of uh, stuffy or blanket or something that, that really helps them sort of settle in, they're more than welcome to do so. But, um, you know, just bring clothes and, 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 a, and a, a good attitude and we, you're ready to go for the summer. Yeah, that's terrific. And uh, we were talking about weeks a couple of uh, minutes ago. Do you have a week for, for people who are deafblind? Yeah, so primarily we don't have a specialized week in the sense where there is a, a week dedicated to our deafblind uh, guests. However, they um, we work with uh, DBCS, Deafblind uh, Community Services in Ontario, and we have uh, weeks within July, our Adult Week 1 as well as Adult Week 2, where um, we have uh, DBCS sends their interveners along with our guests and they provide sort of uh, services to our deafblind clients on site. So, you know, it isn't necessarily designated as a specific deafblind week, but it is an opportunity for people to come and have access to interveners. Um, we are currently working on other new programs with our DBCS partners uh, for other opportunities. Um, and hopefully when those sort of uh, are established, then we're able to then sort of uh, make the announcement uh, of a new and uh, new opportunities for our deafblind clients. Okay, um, we were talking earlier about the uh, planned trip to Algonquin Park. Do you do other uh, trips? Uh, I remember when I came, for example, it was a shopping day in Perry Sound. Yeah, so we do have uh, what we call our sort of excursions. Um, and we like to go and visit local attractions um, 
and sort of support some of the uh, sort of and, and benefit from some of the activities that happen in the area. So, for example, last year, you know, we we take a trip to the farmers market uh, that takes place in Rosso, and people really enjoyed that opportunity to sort of engage with local businesses, the community, and sort of get out and about and, and experience some things. Um, we also do other trips and tours around the region, uh, which include trips to like uh, the Cranberry Marsh. I think that's a, a popular activity, as well as uh, there is a museum in Bala, which is not too far, and it's an Anne of Green Gables museum. Wow! And um, the, you know the the curators of that museum are very involved in the experience. So there is somebody who plays a piano and sort of it's and tells a story along with the music. Um, and interestingly enough, uh, the one of the owners or the curators at the museum worked at Lake Joe back in the 60s. Really? And, um, yeah, it was in 65, I believe. Cool. Um, and the cool story there is she had to come and tell us. Um, she worked here in 65 for one summer. Um, she got on the board uh, on board one of our buses to introduce herself to the group, and one of the guests on the bus said, "Hey, I recognize that voice," and was able to tell her her name and the year that she worked at camp. Oh wow! And she uh, she you know all of a sudden broke down in tears because she didn't realize <laughs> what, the impact that she had had on the individual. Mm-hmm. And, and, for them to remember them as, as, uh, after so many years, so it's it's quite a special experience and and moment. And there are so many stories like those for of people who have these kinds of experiences here at Lake Joe, and we're proud to be a part of that legacy and heritage and history. Do Do you still take people horseback riding? Uh, not it hasn't been offered in a few years. Mm-hmm. It's definitely something that we're looking at uh, trying to reintroduce. I think there's so many opportunities here with regard to you know engaging with animals and 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 being a part of that. Um, we do not have horses uh, and we don't do horseback riding currently, but it is something we're looking into. Um, but I am pleased to say we do have an ambassador da- a dog who uh, by the name of Willow, who's a part of our team here. And she's a guide dog ambassador dog that sort of is able to interact with families and individuals who might want an opportunity to spend some time with an animal. Um, It's very therapeutic for the staff to have her around, and I'm sure it will be the same sort of impact for our guests, who, especially those families who have young children who are potential or potentially, you know, exploring um, the idea of having a guide dog in the future. So. that's it for animal interaction on site. No horses, but we're working on it for sure. Yeah. I remember um, one year when I was there, uh, we went horseback riding, and I had a horse named Lady. And uh, when we finished the ride, I wrote a, a poem called Lady's Lament, which was her talking to her stable mates about uh, what kind of an experience she had with me. <laughs> Wow, that's that's wonderful. Um, it's amazing how you know you had that experience and it still sticks with you. And that's often the, the experiences that uh, people have with summer camps. I myself grew up in summer camp, and uh, I think I'm in the business because of the fact that it's had such a big impact on my life personally and really helped me to grow to become who I am today. So uh, it's amazing to hear and share stories, camp stories with other people. Uh, Ladies Lament, that sounds like a very entertaining uh, poem. I'll have to send that to you. That'd be wonderful. <laughs> and uh, so, um, with Willow, there uh, guide dogs are welcome uh, to the the uh, center, aren't they? 
yes, of course. It's definitely a part of our culture to have them here. Um, again, their welcome addition here at the camp is... Um, so there's opportunity there. We're working on sort of being able to accommodate them to a, be- uh, to a greater degree on site with regard to, um, you know, facilities being developed for uh, for the dogs, like a, a, an actual dog run. There is a dog relief area, but it's not in any way a dog run. Um, we're re- looking at some of the other programming that's our, uh, that might be available. Um, this spring... Um, we're actually hosting the Guide Dog Users of Canada annual general meeting here at Lake Joe. So it's going to be a great opportunity for us to really engage that um, that group and really find out and, and listen to the voices to say, you know, how we can be more um, effectively accommodating our, our, our furry companions that really help to, you know, let, uh, enable people to be, you know, fully independent and have those experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'll be great. I'm looking forward to that <laughs> in uh, September. Um, oh, it's in the fall. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Uh, there's so many dates in my I know. Right <laughs> We're so busy. It's it's actually a good problem to have. Uh, it's nice to know that there's so many people who want to come to Lake Joe and be a part of the, the culture and the community here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else? Certainly I want to uh, ask how, how people can... Uh, uh, contact you and that sort of thing. But before that, is there anything else that um, that we should be talking about or highlighting? Yeah, for sure. I think it's important for people to know that when they're on site, that there are a lot of different opportunities to participate in, uh, like in recreation, for example, like I'd, I'd mentioned earlier. Um, However, there's so many other opportunities that exist here that people can, you know, if you're not really the active type, doesn't mean that there aren't opportunities for them to be able to enjoy the site. We do have art programs that are developed. Uh, We have a kiln on site as well as pottery wheels, so it's definitely something that we're going to further enhance our arts programming. Uh, We're really looking at developing and bringing in some more artists from within the community to support the work that we're doing here. So... The work we're doing here is not only for, you know, um, our clients and our guests, but it's also really enhancing the community as a whole. Uh, An example there that I sort of want to share is in our youth program, uh, there's a local camp that we work with. Um, They send their leadership campers to Lake Joe, and they work with our staff to learn about, you know, facilitating programs for individuals who have different learning abilities um, and then they go through some impact training with us they learn about sighted guide and they're you know they have they learn and develop all these skills with our staff and then they go back to their home camp um, and then a few days later we actually send our campers to their facility to engage in programming at their facility that we do not have access to here for example they have a climbing wall and our our guests our our, our campers are able to engage in activities at their camp uh, that they wouldn't have access, but it's facilitated by the leadership campers that were here uh, a few days earlier. So it's really great to see that, um, you know, it's it's a learning opportunity for not only our guests and our clients, but also for sort of the general public as a whole in the sense where they're able to then sort of understand that learning abilities are very different and there's different ways of communicating. It really, I think, enhances the experiences for everyone as a whole. So there's a lot of work that we're doing within the community, which I think is something that we're really proud of as well as continuing to expand. Um, We work with our partners in Vision Loss Rehab Ontario really to provide 
opportunities for um, our guests to come on site and really develop some, you know, independence and skills and confidence. Um, one of the areas that we're really looking at ex and have expanded is the how we've integrated technology into our site. Um, our site has Blind Square beacons across the site, and for people who are not familiar with Blind Square, it's a it's a wayfinding app uh, and and tool for individuals who are using either smartphones or smart technology, like an iPad, and they're able to then sort of navigate the site using these beacons that will sort of give them and uh, that will explain where they are on the facility as well as to what sort of is in within each space. It's a great tool for people to really use and experiment with on our site because there are these beacons that exist in communities around Ontario and across the country and even the globe, I'm sure. And it will give them an opportunity to sort of engage with this technology in a safe uh, and, and supportive environment. Um, other things that are really cool on our site that we're doing is we've been generously gifted an outdoor pizza oven. Wow. Um, yeah, so we're gonna we're continuing to develop skills like cooking. Um, outdoor cooking is a popular activity on our site, and now with the uh, addition of an outdoor pizza oven, we're really going to be working with um, our guests to be able to sort of make their own pizzas and learn about how to put it together and, and sort of the food safety aspect as well as safely navigating around open fires because we also do open fire cooking. Um, we're also going to be, you know, with that is our herb garden. So people will have the opportunities to sort of engage with herbs and aromatics and understand sort of, you know, what they could do to enhance their cooking at home. So, you know, there are opportunities that we're really looking at developing further. Um, the last piece that I'd mentioned was the, you know, where that last piece of the puzzle to make us fully operationally around is what is known as our Elms building project. So Elms used to be a, a cabin that was here. Yes. And you might remember it when you were here. I do. Um, yeah, so Elms was the last standing cabin on our site from the old sort of property. And uh, for years it had not been used because of the fact that it was not safe to be uh, occupied. Mm -hmm. And in uh, the fall of 2017, that building was um, demolished. Um, that being said, we saved some of the panels of that building so that we can sort of put together like a a memory wall or an homage to the camp of the past um, but that building itself is right now gone and the land in which it occupied is a blank canvas and we're, what we're hoping to replace it with is what is known as our Elms building you know we've thrown around a few ideas calling it like the learning commons or the learning center but it is a, going to be a multi-use building where we're going to incorporate things like a kitchen a teaching kitchen into it as well as you know a, t a space dedicated to technology like a computer uh, computer lab and and once that building goes in then we're going to be able to enhance some of the programming that we do on site which will include more actively um, cooking and other living skills but looking at also embracing and enhancing the use of technology on our site so like with app development because that's really sort of a popular field for a lot of people looking at social media um, there's so many different opportunities that exist in this world um, that will allow people to sort of broaden their scope of what they can do um, you know, actually, it's interesting that I'm talking to you now. One of the things that we are hoping to do is even develop a radio station on site so that people have the opportunity to, you know, broadcast and, and be a part of curating music and, and such. So there's a lot of things we're doing. We're really excited about it. And I just, you know, as you can tell, I, it's, you know, it's something I can talk about for a long time. <laughs> 
And I do appreciate the opportunity to share that with you and your listeners. Yeah, well, hopefully you'll get some people uh, contacting you to uh, uh, book some time for themselves up there. And speaking of which, how do they contact you? So you can give us a call on the phone, um, and we have a toll-free number that you can reach us at. Um, and I will give that number to you as it's uh, it's easy to reach us through that number, and that's one eight seven 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 four eight four zero two eight. 748 Or you can visit us on the web. Um, the address for our page is uh, www.cnib.ca slash Lake Joe, um, and then those are the easiest ways to get a hold of and get more information on our programs. Our registration system is now done online, so people can actually register online for our programs, uh-huh. and that would give us an update of you know their information. Um, our fees are highly subsidized already. Uh, for an adult to come for a week is six ninety for the week, and that includes um, your stay, food, activities. Um, there are additional fees for like some of those on uh, those offsite excursions, um, but six ninety is what it would cost for an adult to come to our camp. The actual cost to come to camp um, would be more in the ballpark of about eighteen hundred dollars for an individual. So six ninety, um, one will know that it's highly subsidized at six ninety. But for those guests who need further support, we do have a bursary or subsidy program that's in place. And uh, it would require for people to just let us know that they're interested in receiving some subsidies. Uh, there is an application process to that, but there are funds available to support individuals who might not be have the means to come to camp because our priority is to be able to offer these experiences to everyone. Um, we do have transportation also available from sort of certain areas. Um, if there is a demand in a specific area like Peterborough to bring people to camp, that's definitely something that we can work with. Uh, work on and develop with our community partners like the Lions in the area, uh, which we're doing for a lot of our other initiatives. Um, so there's a lot of opportunities. The best place to get all the information is online. Okay, and can you give us that uh, website again? Yes, it's cnib.ca slash Lake Joe. All right. Well, thanks so much, Eugene, for coming on and chatting with us, especially on, I'll bet you it's really chilly up there today, eh? Yeah, we're, uh, they said wind chills about minus 32. Uh, it is pretty sharp, um, which is funny because it's, you know, I'm, I'm dreaming about the warmer weather ahead with our summer season. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a part of being up here in the north. And, uh, like I said, once when we become a full year round facility, we're going to be offering programs like cross country skiing, snowshoeing, ice skating and such. So it's, uh, it's a good opportunity for sort of, us to get used to this cold because it's going to be very much a part of our reality. Right, yeah. Well, thanks so much for uh, coming on and chatting with us. And uh, as you make uh, further uh, additions uh, uh, with regard to programming, perhaps we can have you on again at some point. That would be wonderful. Thank you so much. Okay. Take care, Eugene. All right. That was a great interview. Yes, it was, and that takes us right to the end of our time, except for a song. Do we have time for a song? We're going to play the song, and if it gets cut off, then it gets cut off. But it's a great one, and uh, it's one by our very own, Devin Wilkins. Called Puppy Dog Romp. Here we go.